Do the trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Our bestseller is all they're cracked up to be. Here at Terrible Book Club, we explore whether you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. You ever passed a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. Welcome to episode 51 of the Terrible Book Club. I'm Paris. This is Chris. Hello. And this is Dee. Hi. And Ken. Hello. Dee and Ken are the hosts of the fantastic podcast Antiques Freaks, which you need to listen to. You learn about old stuff. You laugh so hard that you scare people that you're passing on the street. (laughs) That happens to me frequently every Wednesday when an episode comes out. Um, So, yeah, they're here with us today. Uh... If this is your first time listening to this show, what we do is we read books that we think will be bad for some reason, whether it's like a weird cover or bad title or bonker summary or some combination thereof. Uh, So we force ourselves to read books we'd never otherwise choose to read. Usually this results in a hilariously disappointing read, but sometimes a book comes along that subverts our assumptions. And I I think that happened today. Uh, So today... We're reading, or we read, The Crucible by Arthur Miller. Uh, this is at the request of Dean and Ken. And uh, I don't know, I, for one, didn't think it was terrible. What, what about the rest of y'all? It depends on what you're... Um, I hate Arthur Miller as a person. Uh, oh, okay, more cool. as a result of this. I think it might... It's still, like, a good book. Um, but it might not be for the reasons Arthur Miller thought it was. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, this is also a first for us, because this is the first time we've ever read a play... Um, I mean, last time we read a screenplay, which is a movie. That's it got the word play in it, Paris. Yeah. Same, same thing, thing, right? No, no, this is different. Because this one was actually properly written as a play, unlike the last piece of garbage we read. Um, Can I ask, did everyone else read this in, like, middle school like I did? No, I missed it. Actually. I did not. Yeah, me either. Yeah, me, me neither. I'm the only one that's read this before? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well. No, I, my, cool. my, my only memories of the Crucible... I'll be g- what i was gonna be honest with you i didn't do a real close read on this one i kind of skimmed because i remember most of what happens dude it's so it, short i treated I it much believe... like the same oh, way God. i read things in middle school which was to spark notes it and write a paper that way wow yeah. chris. You, chris, so what you mean disgrace. to say is you've never read this yeah i read it eventually i did read pieces you're a disgrace to the terrible book club and to antiques freaks Ugh. This is, this is I, I mean, day. well, I'm the only one that has more context than the rest of you because I actually wrote papers on this in middle Ooh. school with my <laughs> smuckers on crustables <laughs> dripping in my hand. That's the only uh, way to really get literature. So I am. Yeah. Um... No, my my only memory of the Crucible is watching the movie and being attracted to Daniel Day Lewis at the age of six or something, which is Whoa. confusing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish you guys could see the number of sticky notes ca- sticking out of Ken's copy because, like, you want to talk deep read. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Good. I, this I, this man. 
<laughs> I put I, a sticky note every time something racist, sexist, or factually incorrect happened. Oh, the, and oh, it's I mostly mean, can, sticky notes. I mean, we can talk about the factual inaccuracy of that. I mean, that's that's the thing that drives me nuts. Mm. But I will say, right at the beginning. Arthur Miller writes like a paragraph or two where he's like, hey, FYI, this isn't historically accurate. I merged people and and events, like, just telling you right up front, which I really appreciated because I feel like a lot of people don't do that when they write historical fiction. They just kind of write it and hope for the best. But I don't know if people pay attention to that paragraph, so there's that. I think he could have emphasized it more that, like, by the way, I made up everything and none of this actually happened and i just kind of put it in salem on a whim john proctor is my oc do not steal (laughs) john proctor will go super saiyan in the next book it's really cool yeah yeah Yeah, i mean uh, so for anyone who uh has never read the crucible or watched the movie or knows nothing about it um it's a play that a short play that arthur miller wrote um to reflect the anti-communist hysteria inspired by the McCarthy trials or witch hunts in the United States. So, like, he wanted to speak out about the McCarthy trials, but couldn't because that was their whole thing. If you spoke out against them, they were like, you can't work again in Hollywood and maybe you'll go to jail or something. I don't know. Dee knows more about this than I do. Um, But so he was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll write about actual witch hunts uh, instead. So he was trying to critique something happening in the 50s but he used the witch trials of salem and danvers uh from yeah i mean it's a clear it's clearly like a an allegory uh, allegorical story about hey don't just be accusing people of stuff all the time it always ends up bad and like that's of course like the lasting legacy of the book is how it's used anytime anyone brings up an accusation anywhere for anything now on the internet uh, yeah yep uh yeah witch hunts has a, witch witch hunt has become a popular term again this is like along with fahrenheit 451 and all those other things like just anytime someone brings up anything that could remotely be considered censorship or you know false accusation the, these collections of stories get brought up all the all the time and i kind of hate it because a lot of people misinterpreted exactly what's going on i just did a real shallow read of what's happening even though this one's uh i guess as far as hey don't be lying allegories goes it's fine it's fine but it's also he was not the first person to do that people are using the salem witch trials in particular as like a metaphor for whenever they felt falsely accused of something within like 50 years of the trials also, even though it's trying to talk about, like, hey, you shouldn't accuse people of lying all the time, I feel like there's definitely this undertone of, like, yo, but women really be lying all the time. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. There, there is yes. that problem with it, that, right? That yeah. is the problem I have with the... Uh, actually, I, like, As far as I know, Huack wasn't entirely made up of women who had fucked him and got mad about it, right? <laughs> yeah. It was not. Like, unless he fucked McCarthy and didn't tell anybody. Did he think McCarthy <laughs> wanted to fuck him? Oh, he saw. Did he have an affair with McCarthy, and that's what started all this? Like, is that what happened? Because that's yeah. Is that is that why his marriage to Marilyn Monroe dissolved? He was actually really into McCarthy. Yeah, that's the real story. No, I don't. Because that's the only way any of the changes he made to the Salem witch trials here make any goddamn sense as a metaphor for the McCarthy. It's actually a total one to one metaphor for McCarthy. (laughs) Arthur Miller had some inside info. Oh my god, that explains yeah. everything. I was yep. I was thinking a little bit about, yeah, like, why is this all based on an extramarital affair, and why is it, yeah, it like Chris said, you know, those women be lying all the time. It kind of does, 
It kind of they do, they're not actually demons, but they really be lying. Yeah, it, it undermines its the, whole point. Yeah, places all the blame on the children and ages them up though so like they're not really because it would be creepy to have sex with an 11 year old <laughs> it ages them up yeah. and they're still underage yeah. <laughs> he yeah. didn't even yeah, go he's all like, the way he's in. like yo yeah. we're, we're gonna make this one sexy she's 17 you're like what you couldn't have gone like a yeah. few more years like jesus yeah. arthur miller and she's the and she's the reason it's all happening like, like we would have still known what he was doing if he aged up to like 19 but at least then it wouldn't have been like still literally illegal yeah <laughs> am i wrong or or was it like not commonplace to already be married by nineteen or whatever around then? Oh yeah, at that time it was. Sure. If you yeah. were married to like another nineteen-year-old, usually the Puritans oh. had some interesting uh, marriage laws that differed from the laws in England at the time because the Massachusetts Bay Colony and England proper were fighting for a lot of reasons, mostly Oliver Cromwell dying and Charles II coming back, but like. Basically, in England, you could, like, meet up with someone, say, okay, we're definitely gonna get married, and then fuck, and that counted legally as a marriage. Oh, Oh, all right. Whereas the Puritans required, like, parental consent, and also a minister had to be there. Oh, and and they also required definitely not fucking before marriage. That that was that was also that. Yeah, like if you <laughs> yeah. had if you had an uns- if you had a suspiciously healthy preterm baby, like you went to jail. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah. I mean, and, and like even at at the time that the Salem witch trial trials occurs, they're not even living under the charter. Um. You know, the colony charter because it it had expired when Charles the first was executed, and then even when like Charles II was reinstated, you know, what a decade and change later or something. They they still like weren't living under they hadn't been living under a proper charter for like almost 30 years by the time 1692 rolls around, so that caused a lot of the problems, you know, that resulted um in the trials happening cuz like um the charter was the thing that would tell them like okay, well, you know, see column D if somebody gets accused of witchcraft, this is how you handle it. But they didn't have that. So like the magistrates and the people of the town were just running like running it by the seat of their pants and they were like, <laughs> Oh, people people accuse somebody else of witchcraft? Okay, cool. We'll just like jail them and prosecute them. When in reality, if they were living under the charter as under a charter as they should have been, uh, they would have had to pay a bond to make an accusation. And that prevented a lot of, excuse me, that prevented a lot of false accusations before then. Um, But, you know, we're kind of living in this like lawless time, you know, I mean, I guess for Puritans, it's still pretty lame, but yes, lawless trials, uh, but they were like, (laughs) no, but like, you know, if you're not requiring someone to back up their shit, like, of course you're going to get people making false claims, right? Exactly. And like the way you put that, it makes it sound like there's a law for like you require someone to back that ass up at the club or something. <laughs> I mean, back that accusation up, man. Like we got, we need at least some. some Reverend, money. I demand this woman back that ass up for proof that she is not a witch. Oh wow! Actually, backing your ass up is definitely proof that you are a witch. If that um, ass clap, I mean. the devil be in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's. How- Wow. Well, it's it's really interesting because that is like almost identical. Like it works really well because it's identical to how whack worked. It was just like there were they, fucking like Truman was just like I guess go nuts, and then they proceeded to do a lot of shit that was like almost explicitly against the law. Oh, in the McCarthy trials, yeah, yeah, I don't really know much. So about it was so- the same thing where they like there weren't any laws for dealing with like I will call soft treason. 
And so they were just like, what if we just didn't require you to prove it? And and Truman and MacArthur were like, oh, perfect. Perfect, absolutely. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> God, now like I understand why this got treason. out of hand. It's also like, why, um, does, I can't remember, does Miller mention, like, the whole charter situation in the play ever? I don't think just, so, I think... I mean, leave out the biggest part that makes it a direct parallel to what he experienced. I don't think he talks about it at all, hilariously. <laughs> what an idiot. Um, but he, had, he needed all that page space for fucking a 17-year-old. He, so he needed like, all that yeah, page yeah. space to, to let you know that he fucked the 17-year-old so good that it turned her evil. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, And she now she's just... doing dancing rituals with the, the slave lady they in never the forest. None of that happened! It didn't nope, happen. It didn't happen. Didn't happen. <laughs> So much of this didn't happen. Like, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> he left out um, all the cool shit, like, all the compelling shit about the Salem witch trials and all the shit that made it most relevant to his lived experience so he could oh. talk about how his DeviantArt OC <laughs> fucked a child. Hey, can we can we take a second? Um, I, I would like to just... We need, we need like, a, a quick ad break. Um... <laughs> Okay. Right now, I'd like to, I'd like to talk about Mrs. Sibley's piss biscuits. Okay. <laughs> stop your witchcraft what? right I didn't approve this sponsor, Paris. <laughs> oh no! Run this are by we, me. Are we having Does piss anyone biscuits? else know about Mrs. Sibley's piss biscuits? Does anyone else here know about this, or am I gonna no. have to? Explain I do, I do, but yeah. yo, go for it. Ken does. Oh yeah, I'm, okay. I'm glad Ken knows. Okay, yeah. So, like when uh, Abigail and Betty Paris, uh, well, Abigail Williams and Betty Paris, they were living in the same household because Abigail Williams was one of those like refugees from Maine because the natives were like get the fuck out of here and a bunch of towns burned and shit and Mary Warren was too they were like people they were like orphans basically you know and so she was working with the pair for the Parises and like Abigail and Betty start having fits and their like uh babysitter Mrs. Sibley is like hmm I know a thing that will help with this I know how to stop witchcraft hey you know uh Tichipa and John Indian do me a favor collect the girl's pee um and then like john if you could go ahead and make a simple biscuit dough and then add the pea to the dough we're gonna bake them in the oven then we're gonna feed them to the dog and then the girls will be totally fine um wait whoa wait hold yeah yeah, it's good old-fashioned english folk medicine it's foolproof wait why is the dog involved because you you take okay the pea has all the bad stuff in it so like if you bake it into a biscuit and feed it to the dog the dog gets the witchcraft right Right. So, but no, wait. Why are you giving it to the? the what does the dog do? Because, deserve? Listen, if you have a choice between your daughter and your dog being bewitched, you choose the dog. Right. Right. The dog is so, a base beast which cannot make the decision decision to evil, and thus it is okay to damn it. Yep. And so and then, to feed like, it piss. Samuel yes. Paris, the the Reverend comes home. Well, like I don't even know if he was. Yeah, he was technically a Reverend at the time. The Reverend comes, comes over and he's like, home, "Where's he's my like, piss biscuits? I've no. been craving them all." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is that the smell of hot piss biscuits? Oh, yeah. Nothing satisfies oh, no. like piss ritz. <laughs> oh. But no, he, he comes home and Sibley's like, oh, you know, I, I saw the girls were having those seizures and I fed him those piss biscuits. And he was like, you did witchcraft to undo the witchcraft. You've made it worse. You've made it so exponentially worse. And everyone's like, dude, she was just trying to help. She was like, oh, no, you got Tichuba and John Indian involved. Well, now they're witches too. And so that, that kind of made everything so much worse than it already was but not in the way that paris was saying so i just this is also confusing because me saying paris is not me talking yeah, about myself like, in the third person <laughs> yeah i am i am not a reverend from 1692 but he is as far as we name. know <laughs> we do think we i do suspect you're a witch paris because you know, of the way this podcast started 
in which it took your computer was cursed by God himself to not let this witchcraft upon the populace. It really was like we were cursed today. It took us like over an hour. It took us two hours to start the podcast today. Fear not. I am readying the piss biscuits. <laughs> Who has to eat them? Who's uh, the dog? Well, I'm here? going to go down to the New Bedford dog park and just kind of select one at random. <laughs> okay. oh, no. Just whichever one looks enough like problems. Do you don't you... ruin his dogs too? <laughs> you... You either have to find the one that looks like it could take evil the best, or just the one that looks like it really wants some piss the most. <laughs> <laughs> on a well, if we're really based on piss to the most evil, where is your if dog? we're based on piss thirst, then we have to give it to probably one of the people there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is R. Kelly at your dog park? Yeah, it's, just like, it's pretty easy oh, to walk topical. around New Bedford and find someone who looks like they want to be eating piss. <laughs> Could you do me a favor? I need you to help my friend out. Just eat these biscuits. I mean, don't worry about don't it. Don't even ask. Free biscuits? Are they supposed to be edible? You can't even taste the piss. What? I mean, it's really salty. You'd never even notice there was piss. <laughs> oh, sorry. I just, I, I was reading about that and was like, this is amazing. We need to discuss this. It on the is, show, it is so. amazing. Why didn't he include the piss biscuits? It would have made the play so much more entertaining. Anyway, because he was sorry. too busy being fucking racist. Oh yeah, okay. Let's talk about something real. Racism. Sorry, I I totally derailed I mean, that's us true. from Mrs. Sibley's piss biscuits. Uh, but before we get into that, I just want to I want to set the record straight. Like uh, earlier, you guys were talking about other people had written plays about the Salem witch trials as a direct parallel to McCarthyism. I am so fucking mad because I just found out that like a guy by the name of Lion Feuchtwanger wrote sorry, a a play about the Salem witch trials that was more factual about McCarthyism. Two years before Arthur Miller, he's a hack. What the fuck? Are you serious? Yeah. So his DeviantArt OC isn't even OC, is what you're telling oh, me. No, no. Wow. John, John Proctor is still, like, the overpowered OC because I believe Lion Feuchtwanger kind of stuck to the people who were actually there. Oh, okay. And also well. didn't age down the 70-year-old man and age up the 11-year-old child. Yeah, nobody, like, <laughs> girls don't get, like, evil fucked in his. It's called uh, The Devil in Boston, if you're interested. Oh, wait, wait. Okay. So he... Wow, Arthur Miller was a hack. I didn't even know. Now, <laughs> yeah. now I'm so mad because I was like, this was fine. Why do they want to talk about this? I don't understand. This seems okay to me. It's not the greatest and it's historically inaccurate, but you know, it gets this point across. Now I feel like a fucking sh schmuck. Like, yeah, well, no, uh, it's, it's got its credits, but like Arthur Miller also has what I'm going to call a really well-observed problem with being unable to write a play that isn't basically autobiographical which I think is why it oh, ended up becoming weirdly like women be lying. Like, because he was yeah. just like, the whack is, is targeting me. But bitches are really out here just lying about shit. Like, <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, like, not me. I, I'm not lying about shit. Like, I mean, no. how many different accusations get thrown around false and I guess kind of real? By the end, it's a really confusing tangle of like various women lying about each other and trying to trick each other into it. And John Proctor's just caught in the middle. Oh my God, he has to die because all of these ladies be lying. It's and not they his can't fault. get their story straight. Poor it's not John his Proctor. fault. He's not to blame. Yeah, it's not, it's it was Abigail Williams, the witch, who so said this way. <laughs> and there's our, there's our, I fan of the opera, Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> there's our Hunchback of Notre Dame reference for the day. I'm oh. sorry. Oh, I missed that. Oh, God. <laughs> But, we'll listen back for but we were just about to talk about the racism. the character whose name i just I, I i finally understood why a bunch of kids in my middle school class were laughing all the time 
anytime this character brought up, like the other day as I was reading it, my immaturity caught up to them <laughs> just what? now. I'm so confused. What's they, happening? Because it's tit tuba, like a tuba for your tits. Oh, wow. I never. <laughs> Holy about shit. That. I had never looked at it that way. The, I, I, I swear to God, when we, I remember this vividly in my middle school when we were reading this. Every time that character got brought up, so kids in my class would just be giggling all the time. And I was very mystified until like I was reading it this week and I was like, uh uh-huh, tit tuba. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> Imagine like being in your 30s and, and like waking up and being like, tit tuba. Like, it's, it's funny. <laughs> wow. I, I never realized that. so much that. undeserved shit. It's so unfair. I know. Oh, yeah. Tituba, she, she really got the, she got the raw deal in this play. You know, and in life, and in life, I think I a mean, raw uh, deal in the play somehow, though. Well, yeah, because like at least, which is amazing, he managed to be more racist than like the actual fucking events. Yep. Uh, did they? Was there ever a, a bit of this? Like you're consorting with the Africans, and you must be a witch in real life. Like was that? No, it was um, just because she got in, caught up in the piss biscuits, right? Like oh, that was in the, real that life. Was it's thing. like there's no. Because she was enslaved in the minister's household, there's not, like, a good record of who she was and where she went after the trials, or even, like, where she came from. They just know that she was born in the West Indies. Most stuff calls her, like, a West Indies native, because that's, like, the most concrete information we have about her ethnicity. Yeah, I mean, and we knew that, we know that she came from... We know that she, at least at some point, was living in Barbados because that's where she came from when when Paris took her um, from his sugar plantation, which we should briefly talk about how hilarious the downfall of that shit was and how he even (laughs) ended up as a reverend in Salem. Um, (laughs) He's such a fucking failure. Yeah. So, so like, Salem? Salem, also, we didn't even talk about this, but, like, Salem Town and Salem Village are two different things. Everyone, please keep this in mind as we discuss this. Get it right. Um, so Salem Town is Salem and Salem Village is Danvers. So if you don't if you don't know anything about the geography of Massachusetts, pull out a map. They are two different things. Um and there was a lot of animosity between them for many reasons. Um yeah, yeah, actually specifically people who fucking live and run Salem, Massachusetts, pull out a map and look at it. Danvers is a different place from you. Stop, stop. <laughs> Stop trying to take the credits. Ugh, anyway. Give Danvers their day in the sun. Yeah, sorry. Finally. Uh, I was thinking Danvers little came little out salty. on top. <laughs> yeah, they did, because they changed their name, and they don't have to deal with revelers and people who think they're no, witches anymore. Now they're Bilvers, actually. <laughs> yes. oh. Um. But anyway, so Salem Village wanted their own church, their own reverend, and eventually they were granted that after a lot of fighting with Salem Town over shit. Because, like, Salem Town, they viewed as, like, oh, those elite merchants and experienced worldly people, like, fuck them. We're the, we're the rough-hewn farmers, and we give them their food, and we want to be real pious and strict about shit. Larry um, the Cable was... Guy comes through our town, not theirs, on there his was... tour. <laughs> There's also, like, an issue with the militia. Yeah, they didn't want to have to help out with any of the shit in Salem Town because it was so far (laughs) away. They were like, fuck this. Why do we got to go 10 miles, like, 6 to 10 miles to help with the militia and the town watch and all this shit and pay taxes? We're not even there. We don't want to do this. Um, And so they eventually got permission to have their own church. They then went through four fucking reverends before... They went through three before they got to Paris. Um... And, like, I don't know, man, like, uh, the first guy, Bailey, 
he was Harvard educated, but he wasn't strict enough. So they refused to build him a house, and he just had to leave after that. He was like, well, I guess I don't have a place to live. So that's I'll really shit. I didn't then, know that that's how you get kicked out of towns is yeah. when like the crew doesn't get together to build you a house. Like, yeah. so maybe funny. piss them off after the house is built. Like, do the what they want until you get the house. Nope. And then, and then, like, Burroughs comes along, who uh, he offended everyone because he moved into a Putnam house instead of a Porter house. The Putnams and the Porters are, like, the two rich families over there. So then, like, all the Porter people got mad because he was living in a Putnam house, and he was like, dude, I just came here. I don't have a house. Somebody offered me space. Like, what the fuck? And then, so they were just like, fine, we refuse to pay you. And then a few years later, they kill him as a witch because he was too strong. What so, a strong landlording yeah. law happening um, in the Salem right. Witch Trials, so, apparently, that fucking, I didn't know about. Why wasn't this part of the book? So, right? Like, Why Robert, wasn't any of the interesting or relevant shit in yeah. the fucking book? Yeah, very good Yes, point. I need more real estate because, laws. Like, the idea of, like, the idea that... <laughs> That this this witch hunt happened, literal witch hunt happened for politically motivated reasons. Like, are you listening, Mr. Miller? How did you no. miss this? No, it happened because people had sex and they were mad about it. Like, yeah. no, Arthur Miller, that's not it's why. It's because he dicked down a little girl too good and it fucking drove her insane. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, and then, all right, so so two strikes on the Reverend. Third one, uh, Deodat Lawson, which is Deodat. The hell is that about? Puritan names. We can talk about that. Actually, That's I think the Antichrist have talked about Dead this is the new movie series in the day of the day. Um, He nice. ended up, so so Deodat ends up getting ousted because he got caught up in the latest land controversy between the Putnams and Porters um, because, like, the Porter family made themselves executor of, a, of the will of the eldest Putnam who died and stole a bunch of their land. Oops. And somehow Deodat got involved in that because he was, well, he was just trying to, like, arbitrate the issue and tried to make everyone get along but he failed so then everyone hated him and he just left so then we're left with samuel paris who also did he Harvard finally educated. get a house okay no. all right uh he had to build his own house first of all <laughs> he on... oh, so he went on like he went on like old-timey house hunters and he couldn't pick one so he went on the other reality tv show from then which was just house building, which is just down the street. Honestly, you just pick an empty lot. And... Yeah, yeah. So like, why didn't the first guy do that? I don't know. He's he just lazy. Want to try that hard? Um, but Samuel Paris ends up the Reverend in Salem by like a series of weird events. Like he ends up, so he's from Boston, but like ends up having to go back to Barbados to take over the family sugar plantation when like his relatives die, and um, he gets there and like within a few months, these four things happen. Race riots, the sugar market crashes, a hurricane, and an outbreak of smallpox. So he's like, you know what, Tichuba? Let's get the fuck out of here. So, like, he takes everybody and goes back to Boston and is like, I'm going to be a business guy now. But then he fails at that. Um, but his <laughs> uncle is a pastor or something at a church in Boston. And, like, he's there kind of working, doing some stuff. And then he meets a doctor who services Salem and is like, yo, you know what? They're looking for a minister. You want to, like, maybe try that? And he's like, yeah. And that's how he ended up the minister in Salem Village, which is ridiculous. Grab your piss biscuits, doctor. We're going to fix some witches. I just like the idea that everyone's rallying around. I'm like, uh, Paris, we know you're just like, listen, I know... Are you good at anything? <laughs> yeah, like, like, let's try this. And he's like, not really, sir. And he's like, do you want to just go talk to some people somewhere other than here? <laughs> Yeah, and then, all right, and then he gets there, and at first, Salem Village is like, 
all right, this guy's cool. He's really strict. He's really into God. Everything's going well. But then, you know, he bought some gold candlesticks for the church, and that was the end of it. That's everything started going to hell. They were like, this man claims to be a Puritan, and he bought gold candlesticks for the meeting house. How dare he? So then half the town starts hating him, and it, the cycle continues where no one is good enough to be the reverend in Salem Village. Um, and that's, around, that's right before the witch hysteria starts. <laughs> he was a real jackass about the fucking candlesticks. Yeah, yeah, he, he was, was really, truly. Actually, Wait. Ken probably has more info about those damn candlesticks. No, it's just, I read uh, the book A Storm of Witchcraft, which goes into, like, a bunch of fucking yep. shit about why the witch trials happened, and it's a great book, but um, it is. one thing that stuck out to me was just, like, Samuel Paris, like, gets to Salem and immediately starts complaining that everything sucks. <laughs> <laughs> including the candlesticks he's just like you know in the boston churches they have gold candlesticks and not this pewter garbage and they're just like buddy we are farming in the woods <laughs> also we're fucking like a sect of lutherans like we want to banish all that fancy shit we want to be exactly. close to god like what are you doing we don't do gold here he's we like we make nah, we're our gonna do piss biscuits by hand in this town <laughs> None of this new tiny machine made piss biscuits. <laughs> We're Calvinists, you lunatic. What do you want candlesticks for? Yeah. <laughs> so that was the that was our, our uh, detour into Samuel Paris's life uh, and how he ended up in Salem at all. It's it, yeah, like Ken was saying, you know, it's it's really too bad. None of this really interesting and funny stuff was in the Crucible. It's really too bad, Arthur Miller. You really it, fucked it up. It's also one of the few, like, fictional takes on the Salem witch trials that tries to, like, make Samuel Paris sympathetic. Yeah. He tries which, really like, hard. No. And it's and just all- like, buddy, no. <laughs> no, Samuel Paris woke up and he was like, oh, my kid's sick. And then immediately, like, almost directly caused the death of, like, 17 people. I'm just like, I, you're not going to get me to be rooting for him because he was just so horny to call in a demonologist. And then the demonologist gets there and is like, nah, this isn't witchcraft. And he's like, no, 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 but say it is. And he's like, no, no, but it's How how much bullshit do you have to be slinging that the demonologist comes in and is like, not like he, I don't know if they like pay by like, you know, the demonologist by how many demons he gets rid of or identifies or something. So if he's like profit motivated to identify more demons or whatever, but you would think that guy would be like, oh yeah, that's definitely a demon. Keep calling me in to identify. But (laughs) this is like the time that he's like, ah, nah, dude, well, I didn't even have to come out here. Jesus yeah, like, what is, like, Mr. Paris, what is wrong with you? And Mr. Paris is like, what's wrong with me is witchcraft in this city. <laughs> and he's just like, like no. <laughs> okay, like. Yeah, like, it starts off as people are, like, very resistant. But then people decide, oh, well, this is how I can get back at other people that I'm mad at about, like, religious stuff and also land grabbing. And I would like more land, please. So let's accuse everyone of a witch and then take, of being a witch and then take their land, right? Good plan. All right. Break. Good job, everyone. Like, <laughs> so everyone died, like. Whoops. <laughs> and and like interestingly, yeah, this I mean, the Salem trials become so famous because they got real out of hand real fast. A lot of people died relatively. Um I mean in Europe Europe's a whole other scenario. They were burning children in Germany hundreds of years before. Like, <laughs> like that was even witch related, like, they just do that out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Europe is like Europe it's is getting like, awfully cold in here, Hans. Why don't you throw another one on the fire? <laughs> throw another one on the fire. Um, no, it was, I mean, so it's weird because people get so worked up about Salem, but the Europe, which European witch hysteria went on for, oh, it happened in many places 
at many different times and was way worse, but in America, Salem was kind of the worst one. Um, there were, there, like, witchcraft trials began in America in about 1662 in Connecticut, and hilariously did not actually totally end until 1878 in fucking Salem again. Jesus Christ, did no <laughs> one learn anything. Do we have to have this conversation, Salem? <laughs> yeah, why do we have to have this conversation again? Um, so, I mean, they happened, but really the ones in 1692 in Salem were just outrageous it was the most the most people who died as a result in america so i don't know it's still it it is still kind of curious that this one continues to be the one that everyone thinks of it was also really weird in just how it reversed everything everyone thought they knew about american witch trials because prior to this like most of the accusers were young men and if a man was confessed to witchcraft he was whipped for lying Rather than being right. executed like the men in the Salem witch trials. And then, right, right. like, and all of the other trials, confessing meant for a woman execution. And, like, the only way to stay alive was protest your innocence. Whereas, like, in Salem, that's completely reversed. Yeah, and it's like... And no one figured that out fuck? until, like, the latter half. Yeah, and, and people were like, no, if they confess, we gotta keep them alive so they can tell us about all the other witches. And you're like, what the fuck? That doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like, of course, people, if you torture people, they're... They're gonna say whatever you want. And also, if you incentivize confessing by telling people that's how they're gonna stay alive, then duh, people are gonna confess and you're gonna get all these false positives for witchcraft. Like, I just, ugh, I don't know. It's it's yeah. a point also that, like, weirds me out that Miller doesn't, as far as I can remember, he doesn't really lean into it, which is weird because it's another one of those poignant connections to, the, to like, the McCarthy era. Because, like... Again, it, they deeply incentivized confessing, because if you didn't, then you got blacklisted or arrested. Oh, right, right, And right. it's just like, Miller, were you even fucking paying attention? Yeah, I think he just wanted to rant about how women lied about having sex. Like, it's it's unfortunate, <laughs> but it really seems like that's that's what we're doing here. Well, Arthur like, Miller. the women aren't even lying about having sex, because, like, John Proctor in The Crucible did fuck Abigail Williams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he definitely does. He definitely does, but we're supposed to be mad at Abigail instead of John Proctor. We're supposed to be real sad about John Proctor the whole time. And yeah, and it's like, why are we sympathetic about the older man who is married and should know better? Like, he's the one who should carry more of the blame here. But no, Abigail Williams is a bewitching, beautiful 17-year-old, and it's all her fault. Because, oh, (laughs) what man can withstand a a beautiful 17-year-old? I don't know, none of them. Their pants just fly off into the wind. (laughs) uh, It's that witchery. Yeah, it's older married man who employs an underage girl and then has sex with her he's basically like a non-murder straight john wayne gacy i think my favorite part is um definitely the, the confrontation with his wife when she's when she's a afraid for her life because of how things have already gone down and then B, still pretty salty about getting cheated on with her, like, with her child servant. And, like, literally John Proctor's response is, oh, this again. Yeah, I can't believe you're bringing this up again, Elizabeth. Shut the fuck up. I banged that girl, like, six months ago. We don't even need to talk about that anymore. That's over and done. It and was, like, nine like, months I'm ago. I'm gonna die. Like, John, this is literally gonna cause my death. Like, yeah, yeah. The thing you did is going to cause my death. Why are we talking about this? There's so, also okay. this weird, like, in the stage directions for that scene. Whenever John Proctor's wife Elizabeth is talking, Arthur Miller puts like sarcasm quotes about his dialogue directions, like reasonably and like conceding. <laughs> it's just like, 
This is how he views every conversation he's ever had with a woman who's angry at him. Yikes. It's just like, oh, these women, they pretend that they're giving you, like, some quarter in the argument just to trick you into convicting yourself. It's just like, buddy, not everyone's as manipulative as you are. Yeah, not seriously. He, Yeah, I, all right. I, I retract my statement about this being good at the beginning of the podcast. I'm sorry, everyone. It's, it's still good, and it's, it, like, I consider it good if you walk into it, like, if you could walk into it with people saying, like, just as a warning, this is, like, a weird misogynist manifesto about how hard someone can misinterpret a situation. Like, yeah. And I think, I think it's also, it would be, uh, it would be sort of fine if it was just a work of fiction on its own that wasn't tied to other shit and like, didn't have this, this layer of like presumed historical accuracy when it's not. I mean, again, I do appreciate that he at least says that at the beginning, like, yeah, he hey, does wicked and, downplay it though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I mean, it's still more—it's still more effort than I've ever seen from any other author. So <laughs> I'll take to it. To me, I guess like the usefulness of the book is kind of like this weird circular logic of like its ubiquity in schools to like teach ideas of false accusation or lying or something. I honestly don't remember what my class was discussing when we read this thing. But it's so centered it worked. around a lot of that. <laughs> there we go. So it's a great learning tool. <laughs> yeah, great learning tool. I, I think it works better in high school. But, but what, what I'm talking about is like, again, like I brought up earlier, it gets brought up a lot of the time when people talk about these things. So there's, I guess, some awareness of the fact that things can go down unfairly, but then it gets, just gets used as like a bludgeoning tool anytime someone brings up any accusation now. So I don't I don't, I don't even know anymore, honestly. Well, it's like it's it's when people bring it up out of context where it's like it's important because the problem was that the framework of authority was abuse was abusive and like and faulty and then people will bring it up for just like intersocial issues. Yes. Which is like, no, it doesn't yeah. work here because the whole problem is that there was like a, a huge authoritarian figure on both sides that that was like actively ignoring the appropriate procession of justice. Like, it's not just like if you argue with someone now, like you're being witch hunted. Yeah, you yeah, articulated yeah. far better than I did. That yeah. is pretty much what I wanted to <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah, no, I, I got what you meant. It's just like the context is so fucking important. Like, you can't just... Can can we use this to talk about some other like middle school slash early high school books that were like ubiquitous but also maybe not good? Oh, I mean, there's a whole podcast. I mean, we did a whole uh, episode on Johnny Tremaine. Yeah, yeah, I didn't read that one. See, I didn't read that one. So we had slightly differing uh, old timey New England books for middle school, I guess. Yeah, I, I just wanted I to talk about how I hate The Awakening as a book. But oh my god, I've, I've never, I've never read I've that. Never one. heard of this. Oh my it's, god, it's uh, it's a feminist piece of literature, but the way it's presented at the end, I just really hated that the character decided to walk into the ocean at the end as if that solved any problems whatsoever. Thank oh, you. Wait, oh my what? god, I got, I got yeah. this huge. There's a feminist That's book basically... that advocates just killing yourself because the world isn't ready for you. Like what? Maybe she turned into a mermaid. You don't know. I got, yeah, well, this, I got into this huge fuck off argument in high school about that book with my like women's literature class because of that exact thing where it was just like, it's not killing yourself isn't an inherently feminist act just because you did it and were a woman. Uh, yeah, that seems pretty obvious to me. Was someone seriously arguing with you about that? But yeah, she laugh, though. Yeah, they She's were like, oh, to be it was like... like this piece of resistance. Like, it's like, not. Nah. it's like, yeah, she ended up giving in to all the social pressures, which is different. 
Like, it's sad, but it's not, like, a feminist triumph. She, she's, yeah. like, basically, the whole book is her dealing with all the social pressures of, like, she has to be a mother and a proper wife to people that, and kids that, and a husband she doesn't even really like, but she was forced into this role. So it's, like, super depressing and oppressive on her the whole time, and at the end she's just like, fuck it, I'm walking into the ocean about it. And that just <laughs> left a bad taste in my mouth the whole time. I yeah. understood the point, and, like, my English teacher at the time, too, was like, no, this is, like, a powerful piece of feminist literature, and I didn't want to say too much being, like, you know, the dude in class and like <laughs> well yeah yeah but at but a lot, a, a lot of the ladies in class agreed with me too that it was like a dumb move at the yeah, end it so is, i felt like, vindicated and again it's all about context because like it, i guess it's important if it's just like a testament to how shitty things were but that's about it like it's a tragedy that's it it doesn't go past it's, that it's related to the book we're actually reading here because again it's kind of like hitting something from the wrong angle you're trying to make a point about something, but you're going off like Arthur Miller's going off on the women be lying angle. Oh, dude, can we talk about how the, authority angle? Can we talk about how the town of Salem, Massachusetts, presently, and the people who live inside of it do the same thing when they're like, "Oh no, <laughs> oh no, those they were really witches," and and the fact that people believe them meant that like women were gaining power and like they were really witches. So like this is all about persecution <laughs> and like <laughs> wicked agenda <laughs> in Salem pisses me off. Like God, Wiccans, I, I swear to God, I love. Two years you, but... and I want to burn it to the ground. Ugh. Sorry, I'm, I'm fine with Wiccans. Like I'm not like, but I'm fine with Wiccans so long as they're not pulling this bullshit. Like it's bullshit. Fuck off. Stop. Please it's stop. So no bad. one in Salem was doing like was doing any fucking magic outside of the fucking piss biscuits. Fuck yeah. off. <laughs> was, yeah, the you single know... piece of witchery. <laughs> no, and like, yeah, that's the thing I can't stand is that you know. People who live there now, many of them, are on their high horse about, oh, they were persecuted because they were witches. It's like, no, 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 you're totally, you're on a different boat now. You're off in a different sea. What are you doing? That's not what happened here. They weren't actually witches. Please stop trying to make this about over you. The racism. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually. Can I, we have like, oh, God, oh, my God. I just really want to make a point that <laughs> current day Salem, you could probably find a store that sells piss biscuits. Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely. oh, you can. That can sounds I tell like a, a thing quick I could buy story about how I tried to buy some soap in a store, and they tried and to sell me. Biscuit. They tried to sell me a spell kit, and I just turned around and left because I was like, <laughs> "This is dumb as fuck." I just wanted dispel soap. Dispel your dirt from your body with soap. Yeah, I was like, I was like, "Yo, <laughs> do you have this root beer soap?" Because I know you carry this brand, and I bought it, and it was really cool. And they were like, "Oh, those are soaps over there." But aren't you more interested in these spell kits? And I was like. No, and I just no laughed. Paris. You see, it's, 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 a, it's a ritual where you dis you separate the fat out and <gasps> distill it into oh, a bar, and, you it and then cleanse. Yes, yeah, you, yeah, exactly. It's so different from a bar of fucking soap. So oh, magic. God, living there was miserable. I just, I, so I, I, I'm like, I'm like enraging again because I, like we went to the. I'm gonna put museum in big fucking sarcasm quotes. Um, the Museum of Witchcraft, which is largely just, like, I am going to unabashedly call it Wiccan propaganda, where they, like, <laughs> they actually took the tack where they were, like, oh, Tichuba got dragged into this because she was from Barbados, and as a result, she was obviously practicing voodoo. It's just like, no. And it's just like, why are you editorializing this poor woman's life? Like, oh, that's no evidence of that. that no contemporary thing. accounts of that. That never fucking like, happened. Like, which is like, assuming a black woman was doing voodoo is racism. Sorry, Salem. To say nothing of, like, the <laughs> audio track they played over that part of their presentation. Which, oh, <laughs> what was that? I, I, I'm I not even going to imitate it because... 
it's that fucking racist. It was, oh, but it's basically like her? it's like that one My Little Pony episode with the racist zebra, where it's like what? generic weird gibberish chanting and like shaking of gourds. Yeah, where they're like, oh, ooh, no. I be gow. Like, yeah, it's just like, buddy, <laughs> oh, no. buddy, update Sweet your Jackie fucking Chan recording track, buddy. There. I just bought that. Don't think <laughs> you can get away you. with the Jackie Chan. I was actually like, Wait, as what? I was saying, I was like. Someone's gonna know that I just quoted Jackie Chan Adventures. <laughs> I, know I, I don't know what's happening anymore, but I agree. Uh, that I think it would be racist, racist if I referenced a real thing. Every Chinese spell it in might Jackie be a Chan Adventures. Racist to call Chinese people Buddhist British. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, no, it's just that. Okay, yeah. All right, I walked into that. <laughs> oh boy. But no, but, yeah. I mean, and I think I think it's one thing to to do a voiceover of like, okay, well, historically we know that people spoke like this if they were from here and then lived here. It is different to say, it is different then to be like, oh, we're just going to make, we're just going to like do this generic uh, voiceover of what a slave probably sounded like. Like that's (laughs) pretty fucked up. Like, like if it was actually couched in some kind of, uh, you know, research on speech speech patterns of the time, that would be fine. But yeah, I do think that, it way wasn't. <laughs> if they yeah. went through the trouble and research the speech patterns of the time, they would also have done the research to realize she wasn't practicing voodoo. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. And that nobody yeah. knows if she was even born in Barbados. Like, she might have just been there. At the Museum of Witchcraft, exactly, they yeah. got a super death claw in there, so they got a lot of stuff to deal with. So. They, they have a <laughs> well, that's true. That's Fallout. What? I yeah. got you. I got oh, you. Oh, Video oh, James oh, nonsense. Oh, I know now. No, that's the museum. That's the witch museum. The Museum of Witchcraft is different, right? Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. There are too <laughs> many ones in Salem the... with those two words in them. Are they like rival competing witch museums? Like, no, this one's got yeah, the original witch hats. Yeah, they cast spells at each other in the street. That's that's what I hope for. But that's They're not like Hogwarts houses, but lamer and without power. Oh, yeah, that's how Salem... That's, that's actually an apt description of current day Salem, Massachusetts. Thanks, Chris. They sell a lot of Harry Potter stuff there, too. I'm pretty sure there's, like, a wand place. Speaking yeah, of there is a bullshit, there's place. also Tituba-branded magic herbs. That got Whoa, my fucking dander no. up. That got my dander up last time we were there. <laughs> it's like... Does her family get any royalties from that you think no one knows where her no. Fa- no one knows what happened to her after she, she was bought from the jail yeah oh, she well, yeah, somebody bought record. her yeah they uh, lost she over that pretty Paris, hard too can can spike lee like, make that action movie of like tituba's long lost witch descendant coming into salem and just destroying everything i know there's a tv the series there is literally a tv series i think about that what? i'm pretty sure what? Wait, this what? exists, right? Am I am I imagining this? No, I haven't heard of it. Uh oh, right. Uh, one of the well, this isn't what I was thinking of, but one of the girls in American Horror Story in that witch season was like, "I'm a descendant oh. of Tituba." Uh, okay, yeah. well that's that's like okay ish. But she was never practicing witchcraft. <laughs> nope, yeah, so. sure wasn't. Um, yeah, and I don't. Yeah, anyway, and, and like I don't know. There there are other things about the way that the Crucible and the Salem Witchcraft Trials are perceived, there's a lot of this, like, oh, those dumb backward people. And it's like, not really, because the Puritans in New England at that time, I mean, especially, you know, the the people who are, like, everyone knew how to read because they wanted to make sure everyone could read the Bible for themselves. So, like, education was prioritized more in Puritan circles than it was in a lot of other places. And... They were in New England. They had people who were, you know, Harvard educated at the time, which was a big deal sort of at, at then. Um, I mean, and it wasn't so like the judges, the magistrates and, and things who were involved were actually some of the most learned people of the time. This wasn't 
farmers with pitchforks judging other farmers with pitchforks. This was like, this was a big fucking deal to have these people here making these pronouncements. Like, I think that people get this idea that, oh, the, those idiots in Salem, like, they didn't know anything. They were scared of spooky stories. And it's like, no, their their whole sort of um, worldview at the time was just very different, right? Like, we have a worldview today where, you know, I'm sure in 50 years, people are going to say, oh, those backwards people from the early, two, you know, 2000s or whatever, you know, they didn't know shit in 2019, <laughs> um, you know, because things that we believe are going to be proven to not be true or or proven to be slightly different <laughs> those um, idiots of the 2000s still believe in piss biscuits Can you believe that? <laughs> i heard this podcast from that era that's ancient that they were talking about all the time i, I yeah. pray that the future is going to have a crucible like play about anti-vaxxers oh <laughs> yeah, my be... <laughs> god yes please but yeah i oh, mean wait I... Paris, if these people were so learned, do you think they were kind of like that demonologist where they were brought in sometimes? They were like, no, that's not witchcraft. You're just, you just got mad at a girl you saw naked one time or something like, because it's how I was having <laughs> trouble trying, I was trying, having trouble trying to deduce exactly what the witchy part that people saw was. Was it the naked part that they were dancing? Oh, there was Is, no naked dancing. Oh, that didn't happen in real life. That was just, that like never happened. Ball. I know, but like in this book at the start, oh. they, they were oh, like, yeah. oh, you were cavorting about without your clothes on that's witchery so it's like just anytime you're doing anything in the nude witchery no so so there's this whole thing all right so this whole thing about the woods and it being evil and where the devil lives and all that shit because they were here on this continent they didn't know shit beyond the borders of their town um and a lot of times the wood was literally filled with natives who wanted to kill them rightfully so but like (laughs) it was filled with people who wanted to murder them people they didn't know super well um to say so, nothing of all these wild animals they'd never seen before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, also that. They were born and raised in fucking England. What the fuck is a raccoon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hey, pumas? Holy shit. Moose? Yeah, what yeah. is that? It's so, huge. So, like, this whole obsession. What's wrong with that horse? <laughs> so the obsession. <laughs> yeah, horse so- is sick. <laughs> it's got the devil horns on that horse. Yeah, oh my so, God. so this this idea that I think I think a lot of people now don't understand that uh, that fear, that that real fear of of the woods. Like now, people are like, "I'm gonna go hiking. The woods is beautiful and mystical." And it's like, and then they get killed by a moose. They get eaten yeah, by bears. Exactly. Yeah, like eaten by bears. Yeah. yeah, like the woods was really just a the place Puritan to... ghost, like standing over the dead body of someone mauled by a moose, shaking its head, just like I, I told you. Fucking told you. The devil horses. I warned you about the woods. So, like, I so, warned like, you about them devil horses. People think it's ridiculous when they hear like, "Oh, come on, you're gonna accuse somebody of witchcraft because they were in the woods," and it's like, "Well, yeah." if somebody went into the woods and had a good time and survived and came back like yeah that was pretty weird at the time actually it's so supernatural yeah yeah so again i, I guess think- i got fixated on the idea that like it was just because they were doing stuff naked that it was witchery somehow well, well in, in, in miller's version yes problem. because floors ruin everything yeah that's what i yeah, <laughs> like, that's, yeah. That, I'm, I'm talking about the book here more than oh, the okay. actual yeah, no. In in the book, it's just because Arthur Miller doesn't like it when women express thoughts and feelings that aren't about him. Yeah, Abigail <laughs> was naked and not fucking his super cool OC. Thank you, TM. Do not steal. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what you get for being naked. So I, you know, it's just don't what you be get naked. For being a ever. woman with yeah. girly parts. <laughs> Are yeah. dudes allowed to do stuff naked and it's not witchery? No, like, what no, is one, no. Um. Well, so uh. I know you're talking about the book, but in Puritan history, there was that one masturbation contest. 
I'm sorry. Excuse oh. me. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Please regale us with a verbatim go, go, go. Uh, explanation. <laughs> Apparently, of what it happened only happened to. once. So whatever happened there, they they figured out what needed to be figured out. It, it was in one of the so one of it was. All right. They, they figured There's out a, who is in fact the masturbator. I mean, you've painted yourself into this corner, Ken. I need a description. No, I'm, sorry, I'm pausing because I'm trying to remember specifics, but. <laughs> Basically, on one of the um, Connecticut witch trials prior to Salem, the husband of one of the accused had a previous crime on the record where he was holding a masturbation contest with a bunch of other dudes in the woods. Oh my god, that's... <laughs> wait, wait, the did Puritans create the what? circle jerk? Did There's... Puritans create the circle jerk? This is our question. So everyone has so many fucking questions, Ken. <laughs> and rightfully so. Uh, let me... What were they trying to prove? <laughs> yeah, I can jerk off in there's, front of other dudes. There's no record on what the contest was for, if there was any kind of prize for it. It's just like, if the there's, there's was- a legal record of this dude held a masturbation contest in the woods. And I, I, I am just finding out that Ookie Cookie is a hundred year old long tradition. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so. Oh, it goes so good with piss biscuits. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh my God. it's a nice. Ookie cookie and piss yeah. biscuit. Well, the prize is obviously finishing. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, 1654, June, four men from East Hampton on Long Island were hauled before town leaders charged with staging a masturbation contest. Accused Excellent. of public self-pleasuring were two married men, Daniel Fairfield and Folk Davis, Folk's young son, John Davis, and another teenager, John Hand Jr. This guy, this it's John kid? Hand, huh? Yeah, yeah right? It's John Hand, with huh? his own son? It is not yeah. Jonathan, the Jonathan Jonathan Davis Hold on. Born. Why Somebody is everyone watching over the... the fact that one of the masturbators was named John Hand? Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was busy making John Davis jokes about corn. Oh, oh yeah, oh. anyway, they got placed in the stocks, basically. I mean, someone's parental <laughs> rights needs to be revoked. Like, that that's that's not cool to do that to your son. Anyway. Son, I'm going to show you something really important. <laughs> yeah. Listen here, fuck, I can jerk off way faster than you. You watching, son? Are you watching? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God, yeah, uh, so In the 1660s, Folk and his wife were chased out of East Hampton, allegedly for, quote, molesting men and, quote, pres- practicing witchcraft, respectively. Folk died in Jamaica, New York, around 1687. And that source is alpha com. After a terrible Ookie Cookie related incident, he yeah, found so, dead. Yeah, um, so the short answer is no, nobody's allowed to be naked in Puritan times. <laughs> All right, cool. Excellent. Um, I would also. Uh, like you to know talk what? About, I agree. I would also. And this Walmart. podcast is officially witchcraft, y'all. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, we were we were all Uh-oh. definitely hanged. Yeah, we're done. Um, I, I there's just a couple of things I have to talk about where. In this play and also, like, in the Crucible and in the popular interpretation of the Salem Witch Trials, I feel like Fit with, like, Governor Phipps and Giles Corey are kind of worshipped as, like, these people who were really cool, like, ooh, Giles was such a hard ass. He, he, he died saying, put more weight on me, and then he was killed by the weight, um, and then, you know, And then Phipps... he did the sonic boom maneuver, and <laughs> yeah, everyone, he yeah. won the Street Fighter contest. <laughs> Oh, no, and, like... He kamehameha'd all those rocks off of him. And Phipps is seen as, like, this guy who, oh, comes... He's the the reasonable Boston man who comes and puts an end to this silliness, but, like, neither of those things are true. all y'all just need a donkey's iced... Just relax, okay? (laughs) Yeah, just... Stop smoking so much cigarettes, it's gonna go to your head real quick. Um, yeah, no, in reality... 
Phipps actually issued an edict where he was like, no one writes about the witchcraft trials. We gotta stop talking about it. If we just stop, if we just don't document it, we can just pretend this never happened. Like, (laughs) he tried to censor the recording of the trials and knew it was happening and just didn't deal with it for a while. So, like, this whole bullshit about, oh, the second he found out, he fucking got on a horse and rode down there for hours and put it at, like, no, that's not what really happened. He was not a hero or a savior. Um, And Giles Corey was a huge asshole. Um, he, was, he was a gaping asshole full of poop. Like, let's be, let's be real. He was not a cool guy. He, uh, he beat his servant to death a few years before. I was and... gonna say! I put a note on that! What am I sticky notes? Oh, yeah, word, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah! He, and, like, and, like, he didn't end up going to prison because people were like, oh, yeah, that kid was kind of slow and no one really liked him and other people had beaten him before, so the fact that you beat him to death this time was just, it was bound to happen. It's fine. It's totally fine. Wow, that fine. sounds, hey, Mr. Arthur Miller from Beyond the Grave, that sounds a lot like what was happening with the HUAC. About how they were all, like, they began by gathering undesirables. Hello, I'm Arthur Miller from Beyond the Grave, and I just want everyone to know that women be lying. Back to death now. <laughs> I have, what am I, I found the sticky note. You get your ass back here, Miller's ghost. <laughs> I got Arthur, words for you. <laughs> women be lying. Arthur Miller describes in the text Giles Corey as, quote, he was a crank and a noose. A crank and a nuisance, but withal a deeply innocent and brave man. And yeah, uh, I have underlined you. that and written, except for that one murder. Well, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and he he also, was he the one with the history of beating his previous wives or is that someone else? Oh, that's that's a lot of people, but um, <laughs> yeah. George really Burroughs is the one swath. that comes up most often. Oh, George Burroughs was the wife beater. You're right. But they killed him <laughs> anyway, so whatever. Um, <laughs> it's fine. G- but yeah, Giles Corey was a shithead. He stole a bunch of shit. And was, like, unrepentant about it. People were like, dude, stop stealing stuff. And he was like, nah, you deserved it. And it's like, no, no, you can't just steal things. And also, you can't just murder something. Yeah, wait, like, I don't understand. Did... Are you saying I can't just take things I want? Like, yeah, yes. He was, he was not a great dude, and no one liked him. So, like, not surprising that they killed him with rocks. Like, I mean, really. Um, but <laughs> I really still hate... badass final words, though. Yeah, no. If it, true. I mean, it's true that, like, in that one instance where... They're putting rocks on him, and they're like, confess, and he's like, more weight. You know, that's, sure, in that See, snapshot. But history like, has funny once again, history has once again been mangled by time. What he actually was saying was more at first, and then they put another rock on him, and he said, wait. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Final punctuation has been lost through the years. Oh, yeah. wow, that's that was amazing. a misunderstanding. Oh, I, I did Chris, appreciate that the Crucible does try a little bit to make Giles Corey look kind of like a loser. Like, they do describe him as just, like, an annoying old codger, which is, like, more to dispel the coolness than anyone else has done, I think. But he is not withal deeply innocent. Well, no, no, he's <laughs> no, and he's up. And he's also, he was more than just an old codger. He was a fucking dick, and no one liked him for good reason. And this whole idea that, I don't know, yeah, I don't know, I just see a lot of people like, oh, man, Giles Corey, he really gave it to him, huh? He was so innocent, and they fucking <laughs> killed him with rocks, and it, no, like, he sucked. Like, sure, he wasn't a witch, but, like, because no one was a witch, Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, Wiccans, it's not real. Shoot, Magic's shoot, not real. Get out of here, Salem witches. I hate you. <laughs> Sorry, I just have a real chip on my shoulder from living there for a couple of years. I fucking hated the culture of that place. It is a place that's, to visit, but honestly, never live. You've earned that chip. Yeah, Paris, yeah. that's like not really totally bizarre to me because out of all the people I know, you are the witchiest by far. 
If I had True. to pick the witchiest person I know, it would Wait, be you. you Paris, is, is there a that? chip on your shoulder or is there a quartz crystal? Yes. Oh, well, obviously God. not, because it would be absorbing all the negativity. Ooh. <laughs> all right. Wait, wait. Why am I? Why am I the witchiest person? I own no crystals. I don't pretend to cast spells. It's, I believe I'm gonna I be, work I'm for gonna, science. I'm going to be honest with you. It's it's purely your wardrobe. It's uh, definitely <laughs> modern day witch. Yeah. I was going to say I think I'm like a contender for the throne in D over here. I, I real yeah. I was going to I do own crystals, but that's because <laughs> okay. I like geology. Well, maybe an I'm a geology tree. nerd. I mean, but that's if I fine. had to choose like a modern day fashionable witch style, it would be Paris's wardrobe essentially. <laughs> yeah, Paris, like, uh, Paris is really working that. I am guilty of owning a lot of sheer black things. It's, it's really annoying too because Wiccans always like if you're just goth, Wiccans always think you're like, oh yes, you're on the level, you understand. No, like, it's like no, I, no, I'm a metalhead. You asshole, stop letting yeah. me in <laughs> with this shit. Like no, heavy metal is life. Just because we share some fucking studs and sheer black shit doesn't mean that I'm with you. Get out of here. Shoo! Once yeah. again, shoo. <laughs> I'm uh, talking to Satan, not witches. <laughs> totally different. I'm cutting straight to the fucking heart. And it's great, too, because then they're just like, well, it's not about it's not about Satan, which is like, I am. Get out. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about Satan. Bring him on. Like, <laughs> oh, man. We really, we really need some, like, anti-witch pest. We need some pesticides that, like, get witches away from you. Actually, it's, it's whatever, water, right? Whatever the opposite of patchouli oh, it's water. is. It's water. It's water. That's true. It is because it's a Wicked Witch of the West. And oh, very good. It's water. Very I don't good. know if that's still true. I feel is like water they... the opposite of patchouli? Yes, because it doesn't have a horrible smell. Yeah, because yeah, like, patchouli is what you put stink. on when you don't feel like showering. There we go. Oh my god, water in every respect. Yeah, yeah, it washes away the stink of witchcraft. Um... Also, <laughs> also because like, demonstrably, I find every time you throw water on someone, they tend to leave. Yes, true. <laughs> yeah, they may not melt into a puddle, but they'll fucking get out of your house. That's they they sure. won't be there anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, Chris, you were right all along. Deep I know. you were right. <laughs> I'm like, an I know, actual witch hunter. There he is. He's got the witch hammer. He's going to bring yeah. it down. Chris. That's my OC character, Do Not Steal. It's in my D&D campaign. Oh, wow. Taladin. I mean, you're about the right age for Matthew Hopkins, I guess. He was I'm in his sure. 20s, late 20s, when he did all that hunting, murdering. <laughs> so you best watch out, Paris. If, you, if it goes beyond the wardrobe. Oh, yeah, you'll come for me. Yeah, that's the, the, the long con here. <laughs> this is actually just me spying on you. So just keeping an eye on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Back to yeah. the Crucible. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah, really have much else to say. I just want to go about... real quick through, like, the specific historical inaccuracies I noticed. Oh, yeah, boy. Just... oh boy, I'm right there with you, Ken. I got my list, yeah. too. I'm going to sit back and just let this happen. <laughs> so, uh, John Proctor was not in his 30s. He was much older. True. <laughs> Abigail Williams was not 17. She was 11. Yep. Mm-hmm. Abigail Williams was never the Proctor's servant. That was Mary Warren. True. Uh-huh. And, uh... There is no record of any sexual relationship between Abigail Williams and John Proctor. Yeah, she was no 11. Yeah. Sadly, we have to actually say that because people seem to think the Crucible is true. It's also super gross that Miller chose to take that tact because the Puritans did have a huge problem with young children being sent out as servants in other houses and getting sexually assaulted by the masters of those houses. Oh, damn, really? That was a thing? Yeah, that was oh, a thing. No. Um that was like the, book- the, ye- the Ye Too movement? Like, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Vine Too. Oh, oh wow. Oh. I'm gonna go kill myself. Sorry, everyone. Oh. But yeah, no, uh, the book Under Household Government uh, 
about Puritan families in New England has a lot of information about Puritan family court and like sexual assault laws. Oh, so if wow. you want to research actually... more about that. That book exists and is a great resource. I guess I just kind of assumed the Puritans were assholes and didn't give a shit if people, if like that was happening. Like beyond punishing everyone involved. I didn't think that they actually cared about like victims and that they had rights. So that's, that's uh, interesting. Thanks. Yeah, they had limited rights, but they were there. They were there. (laughs) Um, But yeah, just a lot of underlying notes about how unfairly Tidibus treated in the play but like the biggest offender for me personally is the part where uh arthur miller says that quote she is also very frightened because of her slave sense oh (laughs) my god which was she bitten by a radioactive slave like what the fuck yeah that's why they thought she was a witch her slave sense is tingling she's like buddy oh my god can you not for five minutes oh my god i forgot i wrote that same note her Her slave sense sense. yeah i I wrote that note down too i think i just wrote spider-man next to it and there's also like the weird claims about how like tijiba knows how to speak to the dead and blur 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 and and like and of course she doesn't ever like it probably would have been better if they were like tijiba is it true that you speak to the dead and she's just like no what (laughs) but like of course author miller was like of course I speak to the dead, but not the devil. Like Yeah. That Oh It would have been funnier if Tituba was just like, I'm just singing songs from home. Yeah, like I'm just singing. It's just music. Leave me alone for fuck's sake. You already kidnapped me and imprisoned me in your house in this worst environment of the world. I was living in Barbados and you brought me here. What the fuck? (laughs) Fuck off. Yeah, what is snow? I hate this. Sucks. Let me go. Eat my whole ass, Mr. Proctor. Ass eating is witchcraft. Speaking yeah. of ass, yeah, um, the I feel telling dialogue between Mary Warren and John Proctor, where Mary Warren is says, "I only come to see the great doings in the world," and John Proctor replies, "I'll show you a great doing on your arse one of these days." Yeah, mm. I, that was a giggle out of me. I have to say. Yeah. And then there's also yeah. just the way he describes how infatuated Abigail is with John Proctor is creepy as fuck it's so fucking creepy it's like textbook how sexual predators describe their child victims I'm sorry wait where what uh deli- shortly after the great doing on the arse um oh boy. <laughs> which is how I start every story <laughs> he yeah. describes Mercy Lewis as quote both afraid of him and strangely titillated oh yeah I had a note about that as well and then, like, he keeps talking about Abigail's knowing smile and how winningly she comes a little closer. And, yeah, like, yeah, Abigail right. stood as though on tiptoe, absorbing his presence, wide-eyed. And then her fucking uh, dialogue, which is like, oh, I almost forgot how strong you are, John Proctor. Oh, yeah, And that's it's just right. like, uh, what so the gross. fuck? And then, like, a trill of expectant laughter escapes her and she dares come closer, feverishly looking into his eyes. It's just like, can you stop being a pedophile on the page for five minutes. Like, Wait, and, and it gets Miller me again because, like, no, but he sure does fucking talk like one. Like, mm. it's debatable. All of his wives were significantly junior to him. And, like, I'm not saying, like, every age gap is pedophilia. It's just that, like, I wonder because Arthur Miller is critically known by everyone to have put a little too much of himself into everything. And then he writes all of this shit about how, like, a teen girl seduced a man, like... And there's also, uh, like, his idea of acceptably aging up an 11-year-old to fuckable age is 17. Like, yeah. Yeah, this man has a Lolita problem, I think. And there's also, like... Again, I'm not gonna speculate on Arthur Miller. I don't fucking know him. There's no proof of any of this. But, like, 
the language he uses is very reminiscent of the language pedophiles use to describe their victims. Yeah, it is. It is. It did strike me as very like, this is how a sexual predator remembers an assault. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, oh, boy. Like, quote, her concentrated desire destroys his smile. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. What? Didn't, didn't you know, Ken, women are only here for, for your use as a man. <sighs> That's all we're here for. Abigail's big slutty problem got all of his people killed, and John Proctor's a good guy trying to do the right thing. There's also the part where he has Rebecca Nurse visit the afflicted girls, which I guess if you want to get all the action together on stage at once, it's convenient. But it's weird because Rebecca Nurse specifically did not visit the afflicted girls because she was afraid of getting infected by them. And they used her refusal to visit them as evidence against her at trial. Dude, Rebecca Nurse being killed is like, was like the biggest, like, what the fuck are you guys even doing? Like, (laughs) Why are you even doing this? Yeah, because she was, she was like the most pious. She was super old. She was like 80 something, 83 or 70. I don't know. She was very old. She was super pious and like everyone loved her and somehow they still kill her and think she's a witch. And it's like, guys, you're fucking up. They even, they even, they did that whole thing about people signing a petition to free her in the play was a thing that did actually happen. Um, one of the few things that actually happened in this play. Um, (laughs) and yeah, it was a testament to the fact that things were getting really out of control when Rebecca Nurse gets, you know, like accused and murdered for witchcraft. There was also that part of her trial where, like, they asked her a question and she refused to answer, therefore she was a witch. But, like, everyone who knew her at the time was like, she's deaf. She didn't hear you ask yeah. the question. That's why yeah. she didn't answer. You can't hang her for this. Yeah, I know. that that That's true. That was the thing that happened. It's like, ugh. And they were just like, oh, well, we didn't, you know, too bad. We're not going to ask again. Like, we're not going to yeah. just do it one more time. But I guess. Yeah. <laughs> There's also, um, in the play, Arthur Miller repeatedly refers to a church as a building, <laughs> which, not to get all Puritan nerd on his ass, but, um... But you will. The church was the congregation, the building was a meeting house, and the sermons attended there were meetings. Yeah, They specifically wanted to separate themselves from Church of England, and so they used that very specific terminology. And that's not difficult information to come by in Massachusetts. If you stand outside a meeting house too long, someone will explain it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, did you know that? Yes, yes, I know. Thank you. And I do speak speak from experience, because I showed up at, like, uh, I was going on a hike with my aunt, and I was standing outside the meeting house, and legitimately a woman came up from outside and was just like, do you know the history of this meeting house? Well, first of all, to distance themselves from the church, I'm just sitting there going like, oh, uh, <laughs> Wait, where was this? Where did this happen? Uh, the Dartmouth meeting house. The Dartmouth friend's house. Oh, yeah. I, I used their parking lot, and so I guess I did kind of have it coming, because like, that was a little rude. <laughs> they saw you, and they were like, you know how we're going to punish this one? We're going to send out an, yeah, in- like... an informational guide. <laughs> Get ready for fucking history. The, the greatest also... punishment, a docent. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> being stalked by a dozen. Oh, oh, sorry. Continue. But yeah, there's there's also um repeated references to hiring a lawyer, which um <laughs> just yeah. Wait, what? Because of the charter shit that Paris already mentioned, um there were no lawyers in New England at this time. <laughs> yeah. Would a lawyer at that time <laughs> just be like anyone who has an idea about how it might work or like that, that's what it would be at that point. It's just someone who has an idea. No, lawyers were a thing. 
like well established in English court. But at the time, we didn't if, have they had them. no charter, the lawyer that you would bring up would be some guy who has an idea, right? Lionel it's just, Hutz here to defend yeah. you against witchcraft. <laughs> uh. You it, literally like you just make it up on the spot. Therefore, anyone could be a lawyer, really. It's kind of like how the magistrates are just like whoever. Like it was just kind yeah. of a mess. Just like a, yeah, just uh, the guy you like better that day. Hey, I'm a sovereign citizen, and let me tell you, all law is made up, really. <laughs> oh, no. So... <laughs> Sorry, I just caught Ken's note. You know her for a harlot, and in Ken's writing, she is 11. <laughs> <laughs> no, in this fantasy world where all women are sexual temptresses, she is 17. Ugh. Oh, there's also that whole thing where, like, Elizabeth knows that John Proctor fucked Abigail, and, like, immediately forgives him and tells him he's a good man and that the only thing that's holding him back is his own failure to forgive himself for being a good man. Despite Yikes. the fact that he's just demonstrated none of this. And how it's actually her fault that he cheated on her because she was too sick to fuck him. Yep. She might be trying to not die. She might be trying to not die. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, can we also talk about how at that time, like, Purit the Puritan faith was so bizarre because... They thought that people who were going to go to heaven were predestined to do so. So, like, oh, you couldn't... So, like, you couldn't even try real hard in life to get there. You just, like, you might just be condemned to hell and there's nothing you can do about it. And I just don't understand that concept of religion. It's so fucking weird to me. And I don't understand how you can function in a society like that. Because at that point, it's like, there's no impetus to do anything. But then if you don't do it, you look like you're damned. So like you do it to make it look like you're not damned, but like no one knows who's damned and who's not damned. It's just this horrible game. And I hate it. And also it's a little bit like the house on un-American activities committee, a little bit where it's just like, you know, some people just are, and some people aren't. And we don't really have a very reliable way of finding out. So we all just have to act like we're the good ones. But what if they're not? Do it's almost like that would have been an appropriate metaphor. Yeah, I was going to say, do we have a tally going of all the shit that he missed and just, like, filled with sex instead? Like, I think we're up to, like, seven things that he just hand-waved away and was like, nah, I'm going to fill this with, like, sexual intrigue instead. And it's amazing because he lived through it. He was fucking called to the, like, the whack, like... What? Like, Mr. Miller, what the fuck? You too busy, like, cranking your hog to pay attention? But women be lying! <laughs> oh no, it's that damn Whoa. ghost of Arthur Miller again! Oh god, god, Mr. Miller! Mr. Miller, please! Mr. Miller, we've moved the planchette to goodbye on the Ouija board. You have to leave. You have to leave, it's a rule. I learned that in Salem. <laughs> oh my god. Like, two more quick notes. Um... Did your guys' copy include the epilogue? Uh, I skipped it. Oh, no. no. I skipped it. No, oh, I don't. I, I have don't. the epilogue, Wait. which contains the quote, the legend has it that Abigail turned up later as a prostitute in <gasps> oh, Boston. Oh, I did read that. I did read oh, that. Is there Jesus anything to substantiate Christ. that? Because I didn't find anything. No, there is absolutely no basis for that whatsoever. He's just being a gross old creep. Yeah, like, she was 11 Ugh. at the time of the trials, and I don't even know. She died... She didn't live very long. I, I remember seeing her death date and going, ooh, that's grim. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm uh, pretty so, sure she took ill or something later. So, like, the idea that she grew up and continued that whoring, even though the whoring never happened because she was 11, is an insane... You're correct, Ken. This is an insane thing to put at the end of this play. 
And did your guys' copies c- contain the deleted scene? Yeah, oh, I read ho, 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 it. Yeah. The grossest and creepiest of all of the Abigail treatment in this book. The I immediately see why every stage production deleted this scene. Oh, boy. I might not have done... I would literally just hit... I. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I just Googled the Crucible oh, of the Nights of the Week and I hit Chris, random, like, different texts. I shame to this podcast. We are, as far as I know, we're the only show where both hosts read the books in their entirety before we discuss them. And you have ruined that. I, I read it. <laughs> I just read possibly different versions at different times. All right. So ours, ours has a note at the end of Act Two, Scene One, that there is an Act Two, Scene Two, but like most productions, cut it pretty shortly yeah, after the play I, premiered. Yeah, I had the and same one. And I think it's a scene between Proctor and Abigail where he basically goes to confront her about like being mean at his wife, and she responds with more creepy sexual shit, yeah. including this like one soliloquy of. Why you taught me goodness, therefore you are good. It were a fire you walked me through, and all my ignorance was burned away. It were a fire, John, we lay in fire. And from that night, no woman dare call me wicked anymore, but I knew my answer. I used to weep for my sins when the wind lifted up my skirts, and blushed for shame Uh, because some old um, Rebecca called me loose. uh, And then you burned my ignorance uh, away. uh, 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 As bare uh, as some December tree, I saw them all walking like saints to church, running to feed the six and hypocrites in their hearts. And God gave me strength to call them liars, and God made men listen to me. And by God, I will scrub the world clean for the love of him. Oh, John, I will make you such a wife when the world is white again. She kisses his hand. Oh, hey, um, the deleted scene I had was not that one, somehow. Oh, oh. whoa, you had a different Ooh. deleted scene? No, You got uh, the Blu-ray version. I, I don't remember reading anything like that. Uh, oh, yeah, no, um, um, so that scene got deleted. Does it, does Who knows it why? Start, <laughs> does it start with, what keeps you so late, it's almost dark? I were planting far out to the forest edge. Oh, you're done then? Aye, the farm is seated. The boy's asleep. Because that's how this one starts, and I don't see anything Oh no, ours starts with a wood at night. Proctor enters with a lantern glowing behind him. What the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? Oh, wait a second. Oh, wait. What? Okay, I definitely know there was a deleted scene in mine, and it it was John and Abigail in the woods talking? Yeah, that's it. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I thought you said it it was John and Elizabeth. That's why I was confused. Oh, oh no, okay. No, yeah. yeah, ours is John and Abigail. No, it's oh, about no, how he dicked her down so good she went crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did read that. Okay, sorry. Sorry, everyone. Correct. Same I scene. am now remembering that that scene was in the middle school version that I Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Oh, good. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And that, was like a, that was a point of discussion in the class somehow, I remember. <laughs> was the teacher just like, now, class. Do you believe you can get dicked down so good you turn crazy? <laughs> or your teacher just like, if any of your other teachers talk to you like this, tell a trusted adult. Right, yeah, you're really. the love of your fucking life. Oh, I think Lord. it was basically centered around, like, you know, who's really in the wrong, who's lying about what here is what oh I remember. Oh my god. And it's women. It's women Arthur Miller. Lying. Arthur Miller's lying about everything. Yeah, I, yeah that's this is my uh, Introducing my new biography on Arthur Miller, Women Be Lying. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck with that by Arthur Miller? <laughs> Oh, it, it's it really gets to me because there's that beat. There's this beat through the whole play, where at some point everyone has to admit that John Proctor is right and a very good person inherently, and beautiful and handsome and tall and strong and cool and like not like other boys. Like to the point where it was just like he had an extramarital affair with like a child, 
but the extramarital affair was that his goodness burned in her so bad she became very religious. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so, that's an insane wait, way to look at it. He fucked her into Jesus. Is God? It's... He has a godly yeah. penis. Is that what we're saying? It's... Yeah, he's got the Christ dick, and she just mishandled yeah, also, it. Also, I'd like to say that this worked on me as a five-year-old child. I remember seeing the crucible and being like, oh, wow, John Park is cute, like, when I was five. <laughs> the play does go through a lot of effort to make the audience try and love John Proctor. Yeah. Yeah, by making him very attractive. But, like, I was Which is fine, weird, because, so like, the IRL John Proctor was already, like, a cool dude. Like, he wrote a very compelling speech from within the jail to convince the court to release all of the accused. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I guess that's why Arthur Miller, like... <laughs> bonded with that historical person so specifically because like he's a great writer just like me oh, <laughs> and boy. he fucks and he fucks young women just like wait oh, but he doesn't no. wait, <laughs> he wait, doesn't. wait wait this whole play is just an incredible slander on the reputations of every living person who was in the salem witch trials yeah it is yeah it is pretty much that i think ken can hit the point um isn't there also so when d when you were like there's a beat throughout the whole play i thought you were going to talk about the fact that like in some productions there is literally a beat throughout the whole play where someone is like rapping on something like throughout the whole play and I was oh like, that really? seems really annoying why would you do that no no i actually um it's like I a tension device are they doing like racist voodoo drums like what are they Full doing schools, yeah. i haven't seen the play in production yeah i haven't either um but yeah apparently in some versions there's like yeah like a uh like you know like a oh my god or something and i was like why why would you do that it seems incredibly annoying and distracting but I don't know if it, I, it must like accelerate or something to heighten tension. I think I think I don't know. I should have read yeah. more about that, but it's, um, it's like the horror movies when they go boom, like just yeah. make it tense. Yeah. Can we man. talk about like all the cool, interesting, compelling shit that should have been on stage that was like either off stage or not at all mentioned in the play. Including Please. the tragic death of most of the town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love how it stops before any of that happens. You're just like, what? Like how did they Like not we don't see Giles Corey scream more weight. Nope. Like how fucking incredible would that have been? Like we don't even hear about God will give you blood to drink, oh, which is dude. another fucking badass biblical thing. Like yeah. one of the accused shouted. Oh, at the that, court. That, oh I know Sarah that. I know that entire passage good. by heart. I know that. Like I know exactly which psalm that references, and I know the whole fucking thing. Oh, it's very wow. good because, of course, the Catholic to Goth pipeline is a thick fat pipe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it really is. I mean, that's <laughs> the whole thing. I mean, we don't even get like the Reverend George Burroughs perfectly delivering the Lord's Prayer yeah, on the yeah. gallows, and despite therefore... the fact that that's not supposed to be a thing that witches can do. Yep, and then and... hanging him anyway. Yep, and and then like, uh, who who who's the dude on the? Is it? It's not Phipps. It's um, shit. Somebody is like, like it's happening, and afterward, the whole crowd starts like freaking out, and they're like, "Hey, we should probably get him down." But then, like, some authority figure is like, "Nah, it's fine. Just kidding. Witches can actually do that. Let's kill him anyway." And then they're like, like, "No!" Oh. And then they kill him. And they're yeah, like, no. What the the devil was whispering in his ear the entire time. We got, we got this. We got this far. We got all this way. It's like, uh, just you really wanted like, he's gonna be mad if we take him down. <laughs> he's oh. gonna be real pissed off. We're gonna look like dickheads. Like. Just finish. Just finish yeah. it. Well, there was also, like, almost a riot because of that. Yeah, yeah. People were like, what the fuck? Witches weren't supposed to be able to say the Lord's Prayer, and here he Cotton is. Cotton Mather was fucking Cotton Mather who gave oh, the fucking God Satan in his ear speech. Oh, the yeah, Mathers. Yeah. Oh, Cotton and Increase, and then other Cotton can all just go straight to hell. They were just terrible. 
fucking Mather. She's that's all. That's the other thing. Like, Cotton Mather was also very much involved in the Salem witch trials and a great writer of the time. And somehow, fucking hmm. Arthur Miller didn't glom onto that. Hmm. Actually, wait, wasn't one of the Cottons against the trials? The younger, they I don't fucking remember. Flip, they flipped back and forth depending on the intensity of it. They. Mm. One of the mothers did constantly warn against the use of spectral evidence. Like, I oh, agree yeah, that we yeah. should kill witches, but maybe be more careful with how you run the trials. <laughs> but, like, never actually doing anything. Yeah, maybe, Which, maybe oh don't my God. not, like, invisible, inaudible evidence, guys. Maybe, maybe. Oh, Which, D, is there another parallel? Well, I just can't help but know... That there were many people taken in by the whack, including Arthur Miller's friend, which created the rift between them that ended up leading to the production of this book, in which he said more or less that exact same thing, where he said, I agree, the communists are bad, maybe we should stop throwing people in jail without proper legal defense. Almost like that. Huh? Almost like that. Wait, did they, did they suspend habeas corpus during... The yes. House of yeah. Activity? Oh, yes. Yeah. If you, yeah, oh, if you were, if you're drugging by the House of Un-American Activities, habeas corpus did no longer apply to you. Oh, boy. They were basically given, like, a fucking special license to not process trials appropriately. But why would Arthur Miller focus on that when he could instead undermine his own point with how badly he wants to fuck teenage girls? Wow, that was the most yeah, eloquent why? takedown. The most eloquent and concise takedown of this book. Thank you, Ken. <laughs> Excellent. Sorry, Excellent. I just... I'm bitter because, like, I'm passionate about Puritans. I'm passionate about the Salem Witch Trials. I want, like, good fiction and nonfiction about them. And I went into the Crucible, like... Almost kind of worried because, like, I'd suggested we read this just because I want an excuse to talk about Puritans. But then I was like, wait, what if it's actually a good play? Like, what if I change my mind about all of this? Like, what if everything I've heard about it through, like, pop culture is wrong? And then I read it and I didn't realize I would hate it so intensely. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't either. I was like, I was like, yeah, this is fine. You know, I mean, I think it's also just because Chris and I have... Like, our bar has been lowered extraordinarily by the shit that yeah. we've just read too many terrible books. Yeah, I mean, Terrible oh, no. Terrible whispers in your ear. It does. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, Terrible has delivered unto us so many miscarriages of fiction and nonfiction that, you know, it's, it's at some point, like, if you read something and you're like, wow, these are sentences with vocabulary words in them, like, ooh, you know. Yeah, this, this book has, like, punctuation throughout. Yeah. It, even has, it is not like a thesis statement. Like, yeah, it has a sentence. And it's trying to convey. Like, like the characters have have some depth, you know. Oh boy, like you know, you you just you just get caught up in it, and you're like, wow, this is a readable thing. But then you know, you forget that. I don't even think it's a bad book. I think it's a book that is in desperate need of recontextualization. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think it's something that definitely could be saved um, if it wasn't by, written by Arthur Miller. Um, hilariously. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think it, it, the, I don't know. That's like one of the sadder things about this sh- podcast is that. We're usually right when we think something's gonna be terrible, and like that's not—that's not something I expected to happen. I was like, "Oh, this show's gonna prove us to be fucking jerks," but like, only what two books out of fifty-one, two and a half? I mean, if we want to count this, because this is like borderline <laughs> for various reasons. But I don't know, Chris. I liked maybe a cu- like three books, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Not like liked, <laughs> yeah. like. Hey, I need to I need to stop you guys right there because I know Crawfish Baby is a fucking masterpiece. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, thanks for that one, D. Really appreciate a, that. Third yeah. I was pages just gonna say like that I had to sit through. Crawfish oh. Baby. I was, was gonna say like maybe to truly appreciate the Crucible, we should have read Crawfish Baby first to have oh like a God. point of comparison. That's yeah, yeah. Jesus. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, mean, I, re- I remember one someone like uh, I can't. I think it was Devin who was like all listened to the episode. He was just like. 
You, please tell Paris that not all gay, gay erotica is like that. Like, holy shit. Oh, wow. Thanks, Devin. I was just like, I I'm sure she feel, knows. Like, I, feel, well, I, I wasn't no. under that impression at all. Yeah, so. I mean, I assumed that all gay, like, gay erotica is probably better than Crawfish Baby or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, cra- Crawfish Baby is not. It's unique. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's its own beast. We're going to call it an outlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. P.S. If, if that's an episode of the Terrible Book Club, I don't remember which episode it was. It was a long time ago, and I try to forget. Go check it out. It's great. It's a good episode. A terrible book. Please please listen to Crawfish Baby, which is my request. Well, thank thank you for thinking that that was a good episode, and thank you to Dee for recommending it, because it was indeed terrible. Um, All right. Um, Is this where we wrap this whole thing up in a nice bow? Yeah, I got some. Wait, wait. Do you have any other grievances about the Puritans? (laughs) I just... um... If you want to learn more about the Puritans, <laughs> this is where we air the grievances about our Puritan past. God, yeah, yeah, we all like God, Massachusetts, huh? Yeah. You can read Under Household Government: Sex and Family in Puritan Massachusetts by M. Michelle Jarrett Morris. Oh, and don't forget. And Sorry. You can also check out The Devil in the Shape of a Woman: Witchcraft in Colonial New England by Carl F. Carlson. Uh-huh. And we also have. Um, a Storm of Witchcraft by Emerson W. Baker, hey, which goes also- into the social political context of the Salem Witch Trials. Uh, I'm just going to plug my friend's album also called A Storm of Witchcraft, um, Malleus. Oh. It's really good. It's a black, it's like a raw black metal album. It's fucking great. Check it out. Oh Malleus. yeah. I, I checked that out. You, you put it, you put it up on like some social medias and that slaps. Are you kidding? Oh like, yeah. Holy shit. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I play, I play D and D, uh, with my friend Chris, who's the drummer and, uh, yeah. So extra nerdy. So, uh, to please read A Storm of Witchcraft while listening to A Storm yes, of Witchcraft. Exactly. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, I would also, I'd like to thank a couple of podcasts that helped me kind of get more um, background. See, well, well, Ken did, uh, you know, the more adult thing and read full entire books. <laughs> I listened to hours and hours of podcasts instead. Um, so I'd like to thank um, Iconography, um, The History of Witchcraft, and Unobscured. Um, all three of those had some really, really great info, especially Unobscured. Um, as much as, like, Aaron Mankey gets a lot of shit, uh, he's the guy who did Lori, also did Unobscured. That fucking series <laughs> really elucidates some shit about the Salem Witchcraft Trials, I gotta say. Oh, okay. Um, Hell take, yeah. a, take a listen to that. It's um, He also has full interviews with people like Emerson Baker and Stacey Schiff and a few other um, prominent histori- historians concerning the time. So, um, yeah, thanks to those three shows for helping me get some more knowledge in my brain. Um, thank you to Dee and Ken for being here. Fucking round of applause. <laughs> thank you. Aww, thank, you. thank you. Thank you for entertaining us in our, in our desire to yell at Arthur Miller. Dude, <laughs> I genuinely Puritans. love the Antiche Freak show. Like, it's amazing. Aww. I am so excited for it every Wednesday. This isn't just, I'm not just, like, jerking these guys off. Like, no, I really, I really. <laughs> We're not no, having I'm a jerk-off contest in California. Yeah. We're not um, having a jerk-off contest in Connecticut in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, uh, I mean, I learned so much from listening to the show, and it's hilarious. You, I, I feel like you, they, you know, Ken, Dee and Ken really seamlessly merge those two things. You know, they're not sitting there scripting this; it's just natural humor, and it and it really shows. So. Thank you. Oh, yeah, for... I'm going to plug your podcast, too. I'm going to say right now, The Terrible Book Club brings an earnestness and a willingness to understand and does not overreact in their exploration of bad literature. They, it is, it's really refreshing to have you guys walk in with an open mind. You don't condemn it, and you don't play it up for laughs, your reactions. You, these are your honest reactions and your honest thoughts on books, and it's refreshing and fun. Thank you. You did a good podcast. Good. good. Yeah. Thank you. Um. So yeah. What a, I mean, what a good opportunity to thank our patrons, Paris. Oh yeah. Oh, hey. 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 Uh. And this this week this week we I actually have to do a special patron shout out once I do the list. So, 
uh, to make up for my sins of the last show. Um, So, first of all, thank you to our patrons Dari, Greg, Veronica, Will, Dee, Jared, and our newest patrons Lynn and Signa. I hope I pronounced that correctly. That was the Norwegian way. If you're not Norwegian, I'm sorry. Please tell me how to say it the right way if that's not right. Um... So hopefully I don't have to do another uh, makeup announcement for that name. Because um, last week I I forgot Jared's name briefly because I didn't have my notes. And I felt <laughs> oh, really no. bad. And then I remembered it the last second, but I promised him a special thank you. So thank you, Jared. You are a glorious human being for supporting the show. Um, and we really appreciate you. And I'm real sorry that I screwed up your name last time. So hopefully you accept my humble apology and enjoy this very special thank you. Jared, above all other patrons, we love thee. Okay, that was it. Um, Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's that's not really true. Uh, all of, all of our patrons fund this show, and we, we love all of them um, equally. Um, and don't they, tell your mother that I said that. Yeah, uh, they, I mean, our, our patrons are the reason that we continue to do this because they help us afford hosting and books, and they're also helping us afford a new thing, which is going to be a website that isn't our shitty Libsyn page. So, hooray. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, thank you, thank you for. Um, helping us with that. We're also um, maybe going to be making some stuff for patrons soon, so we'll we'll let you know if that happens. Um, in terms of Patreon content, we uh, so usually Chris and I will like watch a bad movie or a bad TV show and comment on it, kind of mystery science theater three thousand style. Uh, we're going to be debuting a new segment, um, and it's called Tereblo's Torture. So Tereblo is the made up fake bad book guy that we serve. Um, that we just thought was dumb and have been running with it for a few years. Um, and Chris, would you like to explain what we'll be doing during Tereblo's Torture? All right. You, you got a bunch of categories. It's characters, setting slash genre, conflict, and then the wild card. And we take suggestions from anyone that's willing to, literally anyone, if you're willing to contact us, we'll probably throw your dumb idea in the hat to be mixed in with all the other crazy ideas we have in these categories. And then we put them inside the Terriblo, I guess, somehow. I, we'll, we're going to figure that out later. We feed, we feed him spoonfuls of yes. slips of paper. We feed him these slips of paper. And then he'll regurgitate out a combination of these four categories, and Paris and I must then come up with something like a, a scene or a chapter or perhaps just an elevator pitch or based around these terrible ideas that we are given to see if we can do it any better than the people we criticize. Yeah, hey, have you ever seen uh, scenes from a hat on Whose Line Is That Anyway? It's that, but with four hats. God, I'm so excited. Yeah. So we're going to be doing that uh, for exclusively for patrons. So if you want to enjoy that, um, you can become a patron as well. You can head over to patreon.com slash join slash terrible book club and check out our extra content and rewards as such. Um, you can also do the same for Antiques Freaks, which I highly recommend. Like, you know, throw throw <laughs> us each a couple bucks. We'd appreciate that. Um, I love being, uh, I'm actually, I would like to, I, I'm a patron of, of Antiques Freaks. Uh, that's maybe a strange thing to say. I don't care. But I love it. Because um, you get, you get hilarious clip like cut uh things from the cutting room floor you know um it's pretty ridiculous and amazing um such as crimson peak for horses yeah crimson, crimson peak, peak for, horses. for horses for horses <laughs> now for horses um we so we at the terrible club love when people say hi and interact with us so you know feel free reach out on twitter instagram we have a goodreads we have a facebook you can send us emails uh terrible book club at gmail.com um, and thank you to the additional folks who have given us some iTunes reviews. There's been a few more the last few weeks. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Helps us out a lot. Um, that's all I got for thank yous. I don't know. Anybody else want to, like, I don't know, do a I got one. Speech? I got, 
I got one thing to bring up. Sometimes we talk about good pieces of media we've been consuming to sort of brighten up the end of these episodes. <laughs> and I recently just started James S.A. Corey's Expanse series of books. And shit is dope. If you need some just good old-fashioned space opera action movie shit, but in book form, read Ooh. that. It's oh, hey. fucking amazing. I actually, not to hop back in here too quickly, but I started the Malazan series, and that's actually been pretty good Ooh. so far. I'm almost done with the first book, so yeah. Woohoo. Uh, D, Ken, any any good news? Uh, good news in general? Yeah, sure, read, why not? I read all the Puritan books and they were very good. <laughs> oh, I, I, I've actually been reading them. Um, I, I was really excited when you talked about the Piss Biscuits because I've been reading Rabid, which is a nonfiction history of rabies, oh. in which that is like feeding your piss to dogs comes up like a lot. Wait, oh. really? Wow, this sounds amazing. I need to read this book. Yeah, well, like, um, it, it's it's the exact same remedy and the thought was just that it is a really good book. I highly recommend it if you're into like rabies which i am um, <laughs> but yeah it's the same idea where they thought like if you if you got bit by a dog and you started exhibiting the symptoms of rabies if you pissed in a biscuit and fed it back to the same dog that bit you it would take the rabies back wow so this is like a thing that people have been just doing the piss piss it's an ancient yeah i was i was like vibrating like oh my god they do it all the time they can't <laughs> stop pissing no that sounds that sounds great i'd like to read that it sounds really interesting um ken right. any, any any good ken news uh, we did read a good book on Antiques Freaks called Decorative Electricity with a Chapter oh, on Virus. Oh, God, oh, that God, episode. Yeah. All right, that was yeah. the episode I was referencing most recently in my most recent walk to work when I was scaring people with how much I was laughing because my headphones are black, my clothes are black. We learned this earlier. Um, and so, like, it just looks like I'm having a fit on the street because I'm, like, laughing while I'm trying to walk. And, Witch. oh, man, if you want to hear, hear D get extremely upset in a hilarious way, listen to that episode. <laughs> It was fucking hysterical. I, it was, my man. It was a lot. It was hey, a lot to take. Hey, you in. know what you should. Hey, you know everyone. If you got to redecorate your house, put, put some ferns in it without any light, so that they die immediately. Oh wait, no, I'll fix that by putting fake light inside of them and killing them more faster. <laughs> killing them immediately. Jesus. Drill a hole through your new mahogany dining table and put yes. a light in it. Just drill a drill hole in that stupid bitch. Oh man. Oh, oh, I'm thinking so about good. getting mad again about the fucking bird. <laughs> Make a giant crane that's belching light eternally. <laughs> yes. That's good design. Marie Kondo's just like rolling. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Yeah. So listen, listen to that Antis Freeze episode. But um, yeah, thank thank you to everybody for being here today. It was a, it was a fun time. Um, I don't think you. I have anything else to say. So Nope. I'm done. With that. <laughs> okay. With that, we, le- we leave you in suspense for another two weeks. Whoa. All right. Women be lying about you. <laughs> <laughs> and with that that's uh, the end of this episode so bye Paris Goodbye. and D and Ken Goodbye. bye <laughs> uh, bitches be lying